Welcome back, everybody, to the Thrive Street Podcast, Mastering the Art of Thriving at Life, where we learn how to create change in our own lives and in the world around us. I'm your host, JJ, and this is my co-host, Gigi. Say hi, Gigi. Hi. <laughs> the signature hit, hi. Um, <laughs> and today what we're going to talk about is uh, um, taking breaks and going on vacations or trips or just taking uh, even uh, breaks from exercise and things like that or changing up what you're doing. Um, and then we're also going to go over the study that came out recently about um, exercise makes you happier than money, according to Yale and Oxford Research. Um, so I think Business Insider was the one that kind of got the most publicity for it. But uh, we'll take a look at that article, and we're also going to take a look at the, the, the research study itself um, from what I could find online. Um, but yeah, so Gigi just had a couple of uh, great little vacations back to back, and, and uh, um, I just took a week to go to Phoenix and the Grand Canyon and Las Vegas with the family for spring break. And that was super fun. Um, so let's talk about why that's important. Sure. You want to talk about what, what, like, yeah. <laughs> so, so you, you, you didn't have the luxury to take any real trips for a long time because you were so busy with being a, uh, you know, single mom with three kids and also with all the work stuff that you're doing. Um, so how did, how were you able to line it up to where you were able to take that vacation? Well, basically what happened is that we, the, the main reason that I couldn't take vacation is because we were basically saving the company from death. Like it was, if we hadn't worked so hard during that time period, I don't know if we would have made it. And that, I mean that in hindsight, there's always time to take vacation. Mm -hmm. uh, but when you're in it, like you kind of really question like is is this worth it or not but even even when i say that like you know you could say there's, there's always time for vacation there's there's not always you know and that that's reality of the world especially when you're an entrepreneur or if you are an executive like you don't always have that opportunity because when fires need to be put out and you're one of the main decision makers you can't leave right so i had gone to like my cottage and I had done a couple trips out to Vancouver. Um, I'm in Toronto, but they were never act, like, I was always like, call me on my cell phone. I'll be checking my emails. So there wasn't as much of the day to day, but it was still very much in work, like not being able to kind of get away from that workplace mentality. So what happened is that, um, by to be, to be clear, everyone, she's not talking about my company. No, no, <laughs> I work for a different company. I'm just on this show. Otherwise JJ gets too full of himself. So I'm here to bring him back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so I, I work for a company called Mad Lab Group and we're very open about our struggles because the reality is that we are a consulting firm. And if we are helping your company through its hard times like yeah we've also been through our hard times and we know what it takes and we've been there and we've come out the other side and that to be honest is just part of the regular business cycle right like now we we had a really rough time because of some decisions that had been made uh before we had the team in place that we do now um so hopefully hopefully not everyone has to go well, through I, I think and, and i would argue that that i don't think at least from my perspective, because I do a lot of work with Mad Lab, is is I think it would have had to just the business would have had to radically change the way it operated, and it yeah. would have been something completely different. I don't think it would have gone away completely, but I think the um, the real kind of decision was: Are we going to really press into this and and you know grow in this direction, or do we want to shift gears completely and pivot to something completely different? And I think I think that was where the where you were stuck in was trying to make the do the hard path to 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 make it grow and be something better. 
Well, and even more so than that, like there, you know, every business kind of reaches that point where it outgrows itself, right? And it, and you, you have to decide if I keep going, we're not just doing this day to day anymore. The day to day is going to shift into something completely different because it's outgrown this day to day as it is now. And if the job is changing so drastically, then you as like, you know, and I'm going back to now being a small business owner, like owning a gym, if you are not like into that and you don't want to own a multi-million dollar corporations with 25 locations all around Southern Ontario, like that's a very different job than showing up and coaching some group classes every day, right? Which very much might be what your thing is now. So you kind of have to, you get to that place and you kind of have to decide, is it worth the work to go through the growth and to go through the growing pains or do I just want to stay where I am? And we had decided that we did want to go through the pains and, and shift everything over and, and cut our, our core down and kind of shift and then so that we could now grow. So now we're at this point where we're scaling exponentially, but we had to go through a really hard time to get there, which meant that we didn't take any vacation. So, <laughs> well, I, as a quick, as a quick uh, addition to that, I just read it today. Um, and Seth Gooden is one of my favorite authors. And he, he talks about the differences between a freelancer and an entrepreneur. And I think a lot of gym owners are, they just want to be freelancers, which is means you serve people um, you do the work, you know, um, uh, th that you're actually selling, you're, you're creating the product, which is coaching or whatever. And yeah, like the, the, the lease and the dealing with the website and social media stuff, you do that just because it enables you to do the job, the work, but, but your, your vision isn't necessarily to grow, which is what an entrepreneur would be thinking about, right? Is, is how do I put systems in place and hire the right people to do the, to do the work and, and work, work on the business, not in the business. And so, and so I think that's kind of the, the journey that you're describing as well. And, yeah, that's, yeah. And, but I, but I, but again, going back to this uh, taking rests or taking vacations and breaks, um, it's something that I've struggled with for a long time. And, and, you know, Gigi makes fun of me because, because I used to always go on these trips, but then I always end up working when I was on these trips and I wasn't very good. It was awful. It was, I remember like, like, so JJ used to do a lot of work for Mad Lab Group now that um, Thrive Tree is growing so much. Uh, he stepped down, but um, we used to work together very closely and I was chief of operations. So one of my main jobs, even though at the top, the executive teams didn't take any vacations. I was always really adamant that my staff did take vacation. Um, and so I'd be on JJ and be like, you go like, when are you taking time off? I'm not going to call you. Like we're not doing, remember all those times where I'm like, mm -hmm. no, I'm not going to talk to you. It's eight yeah. days. I'm going to tell everyone to leave you alone. And you're like, but I'm going to be working anyway. And you'd still be online and you'd still be emailing. And it was like, it was awful. You were the worst vacation taker I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, um, you know, learning about myself. Yeah. Like I'm all, I was always trying to just continue to, you know, produce and serve people and help people and, and not really taking time for my, for myself and my family and everything else. And so, you know, it was, I think, you know, I had to, I basically had enough people finally telling me and it finally got to those burnout points where, um, you know, as entrepreneurs, we keep thinking of the next thing that needs to get done. Oh, I just got to get that done. And I just got to get that done. I just got to get this many more members. I just got to get, you know, this, this project finished. And, and so you're always adding more things to your plate, but you're never actually stopping to reflect and kind of just take a break. And, and, um, I think that's, that's not good for your sanity and it's not good for your health. And, and, uh, um, and again, what I've found is that I need I need to take these these breaks, but what I also realize, like you said, there there are periods of time where we're going to be in a you know a six month, a year, maybe even a year and a half, where we really have to push hard um, because it's just life and the in the business. But if you don't schedule 
you know, these breaks occasionally, and I've written about this in my articles and things, um, you, have to, you have to schedule it in advance so that then you can plan for it. But then you think, well, why, you know, so what? I, I feel great, I don't, I, don't need, I don't need a break. Well, usually you don't need a break until you need a break. Well, it's right? too late. And yeah, then you until, can't see the forest for the trees anymore. Because yeah. you're so in it, right, that you can't, you don't get it. And exactly. And, and what happens is, I think, too, we forget that when we've been grinding for so long, we're actually far less efficient at actually producing and being creative and, and making the high-level decisions because we're so burned out. And so you're actually not being as productive as you think, you know, because you've stretched too many days in a row. I mean, I don't know what my record is, but I've probably, I've definitely gone 50 or 60 days in a row without ever, without having a day off, you know? Um, uh, so even like every Sunday was working, you know, for, you know, four or five hours on the computer doing programming or wh whatever, you know, and like, that's pretty easy to do when you, when you own a gym or when you, um, uh, you know, when you own your own business, uh, just because there's always more stuff to do. Oh, I got to get this done before next week. Oh, I promised someday I would do this, you know? And, and, uh, it's, you know, I, like I said, I didn't, I lost count at one point. I just, just realized I hadn't, I had, so then I, now, now what I do is um, every Sunday I try to not work, right? So I try to take Sabbath. Um, and uh, <laughs> if, it was good enough, if it was good enough for the Lord to have to take a break every seven days, I think it's good enough for me. <laughs> um, and, and so, uh, no, but, I, but I, uh, you know, I try to spend time with the family. I do stuff around the house. You know, I, you know, I, I may read articles online. Um, you know, it's like reading the newspaper, so to speak. But uh, um, I really try to stay off social media. Um, that's a big, that's a big rule for me now is just to try to stay off social media on Sundays, um, just because that's work for me. Um, and, and, um, and I get sucked in and hours go by and, and it's, it's just not, a, and I feel so much better on Monday and so much more, you know, prepared for the week and creative and, and, and everything when I have. So that's the first one is at least find one day where a week where you can just do, you know, not work. Right. Um, and then try not to fill it up completely with like, sports activities and events and all that stuff like that. Let it, let it be some downtime. Obviously if it's, if it's life giving and it's, and it's making you again, giving you energy, then you can do that stuff, but definitely um, try not to overbook it. <laughs> it just cause you're not working. Doesn't feel like you need downtime. You do. Um, and then, uh, and then try to try to take a, a, you know, a long weekend every, every month or two, right. Where you get a good two or three days in a row where again, you can put away the computer and not not deal with the emails or anything for for a couple of days in a row, um, and that's the start. And then and the big the big one is is to book a week vacation, right? That's the next. That's the hardest thing I think for most entrepreneurs. And I think too that that um, a lot of people think it's a big expense, right? Like it's expensive, but it could just be going to stay with family out of town or going camping or something like that. It doesn't have to be. The best way that I've, I heard it described for how much money to spend on a vacation is if you decide on a percentage of your income that you're basically going to dedicate towards vacations every year and you just have a separate bank account that you can put in. And if, if it's like 2%, 4%, half a percent, whatever, 25%, who knows <laughs> <laughs> how I live my life. Uh, um, and then basically depending on how much money is available is going to dictate whether you're doing like a road trip to Ottawa, which for me is like a four hour drive and I have family that stays there. So it's literally just the cost of gas. Um, or it's like a trip to Disney world. You know what I mean? So it's like, you kind of allow that to happen. Um, but the other thing 
is if you plan in advance, and this goes back to your point to like, if you don't plan it, you won't do it. And that was where after we, so after we went through this really hectic time, Christmas rolled around and I always make sure that everyone takes time off at Christmas, um, even the executives. And we've always given ourselves a week or two, plus the company basically shuts down for two weeks as well. Um, we also don't really want our clients working. So if we're not working, then it gives them permission to not work either the entrepreneurs and the business owners. Um, so it helps them. But we had taken kind of like two weeks each and then we all kind of touch base and we were like, well, nothing's really going on. There's no real fires to put out. New Year's is next week. And we kind of all, like the three of us decided that it would be okay if we took another week. So we ended up taking three weeks off. It took the first week for me just to decompress, like just to recover from the burnout. And that was what had kept happening with you. Every time that you would go on vacation, they just weren't long enough and you were so burnt out that it wouldn't actually make a difference. And you kind of get there, but then get pulled right back into things. And you never really get that full recovery or get to really just be your fucking self, right? Like when you're working all the time, you lose a bit of, of you, right? And you just like, you forget about your hobbies and you forget about the things you like to do in your free time because you just don't have any free time, or you right? Feel, you feel guilty if you, you know, at least for me, you know, I'd feel guilty if I was indulging in some, some, you know, watching a movie or reading a book that's just for fun, you know, yeah. like, like I feel like I'm, I'm, you know, man, I'm wasting this time, but that's not right. how it works. Right. Exactly. It's not how it works because you need to be you. But so when we came back, we, on our very first executive team meeting, when we came back, I said, okay, clearly we all needed that vacation and I'm not going to let this happen again. So we have a new rule that we all take eight weeks vacation. So six weeks plus the two weeks that we're closed at Christmas, which I, I completely understand that that is a lot for most people. Like most people with a nine to five are anywhere from like the four to six weeks a year. But keep in mind that we work 24 seven. Like when we're working, we're working. It's like you said, right? Like it's 60 days on 90 days on, you don't take weekends, like, especially for like for Thrivestry and Mad Lab, they're international companies. So sometimes you're doing meetings at nine o'clock at night or five o'clock in the morning, because we deal with clients all around the world with all different time zones. And that's reality, right? But then you need the harder you work, the harder you play, I guess, right? As cliche that is, you know, but you need, you need that downtime. It's just like training, right? The 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 more you want to the more you want to train and exercise, the the more you have to balance the scales with recovery activities, and that that can be time off, but it could also be you know meditation or yoga or you know saunas or whatever. This you know it's always got to be a balance, like active recovery stuff too, right? And that that's actually let's talk about that next because that brings us to kind of this podcast and why this podcast was created, right? So. Um, so we had this eight weeks that we all agreed we're going to take six weeks plus two weeks at Christmas. And then what I did is I went out and I planned literally my entire 12 months, like January to Christmas. I two weeks in Florida, two weeks in like on a road trip and a week in Mexico plus a week of downtime, just me by myself when my kids are at school and at daycare. And the reason that I did that is because it allowed me financially to budget. Like what can I actually afford for these six weeks, right? So you kind of plan out the whole thing in advance. And if you don't end up doing that or hitting those targets or taking those exact weeks or doing that exact plan, that's okay. But it's better to adjust a plan than to try to squeeze a vacation into a schedule that's already overbooked, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and if you, the, the whole point is, is if it's, 
if you keep putting it off, you'll go years without having any vacations. And yeah. the, but the other thing is, and this is what I've learned, you know, and like Gigi's mentioned that, that I would take usually in the last few years, I've taken many multiple, like one week vacations, but never, never more than a week. And that's something that I'm, I'm aiming to do at some point. <laughs> um, uh, hopefully this fall will, will be more than seven or eight days. But usually what happens and you guys is if you guys are entrepreneurs <laughs> or gym owners, um, the, uh, uh, uh the, what, what happens is you have to get so much extra work done before you leave that like you're burned out and then the vacation becomes a burden and you have to do twice as much work the two weeks before just so you can be gone for one week. And then when you get back, there's this mad rush to catch up, you know, and, and then you're like, well, like a week after vacation, you're like, well, I need another vacation, you know? And, and the other thing I found too is, is when I end up traveling really far, you know, so I've been to the Caribbean a bunch of times and it's always this long you know, train to the airport, you know, you know, a layover, then you get to the, um, you know, then you, then you have to fly to the island and then there's like a hour shuttle ride. So you're traveling, you know, 14, 18 hours of travel. Well, if you're only gone seven days and you're 18 hours there, 18 hours back, that's like a day and a half of wasted traveling and you're not, and then you're, especially when you come back from that, if you got to go to work the next day, you're not, you're not rested because you just traveled for 18 hours. Brutal. I always give myself the day. Like I never, ever go back to work the day that I get back. I always give myself that day. Cause I like, it just, it, I wouldn't be there. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I just, I would be on laundry and time zones and like still like reeling, like the vibe from the trip, you know, mm -hmm. always so, give yourself the extra day. <laughs> so by, by planning ahead, you know, you can, you can, you know, you can start getting that stuff organized ahead of time. So the most important reason for a business owner to take a break, whether you're a freelancer or entrepreneur, is is you need to find out what uh, um, what things, you, what systems you can put in place. If like you get sick or something goes wrong, you need to have these you need to have these plans or these people trained to do the to, to do the job so that you can leave. And then if you're an employee, you know one of the things that that um, that's important about leaving is you want your company to miss you, <laughs> right? <laughs> if you if you like drop off the off the map for two weeks and you come back and it was like you were never gone then um uh, maybe you maybe you just did a really good job at getting everything organized but you want people to notice that you're missing because the work's not being done or it's not being done as well or whatever so so when it comes time for that bonus or that or that raise or whatever or if you you know if you have a competing offer um, you can go to your company and say, well, I'm thinking about this other offer. What can you do for me? And if they remember that when you're gone, it's like, it's, you know, it's not, maybe not entirely painful, but it's very noticeable and they don't want to lose you. That's a good thing. So, you know, from a, for, so for whether you're an employee or a business owner, being gone is really important um, for, so that you're, you know, you're either, you're missed if you're an employee and if you're an entrepreneur, it, it teaches you to think about the systems in, in your schedule so that you can, you can put those systems in place. The other, and then, and then ideally you'd stretch that out longer and longer, right? Because if, if you don't, if you can't leave your, your business for two or three weeks in a row, you don't own a business, you own a job, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and so it's, it's not the same thing, you know? And so you, it, and it doesn't have to be where, where, you know, the thing runs without, without your input at all. But, but you do want to be able to have the flexibility. That's why people go and start their own companies and go into work for themselves is because they want to have that flexibility. You know, the other joke that, that I always say is, 
oh, entrepreneur, that must be great. I was like, yeah, it's great. You can work 80, 80 hours you want. You know, 60 to 80 hours, you get a pick. You want to do it at three in the morning? Great, no problem. You want to do it, <laughs> it you know, work, work through lunch? Yeah, no problem. As long as you get those 60 to 80 hours in, you're good to go. <laughs> and so, so it's, it's, uh, uh, it's the, the, uh, I don't know if it's me or JJ, but oh. I am just going to, yeah, I think we had, a, we had an internet issue there for a second. Hey, there you, had a, you had a very, you had a very funny frozen frame. <laughs> You're like laughing, half mm -hmm. laughing. Um, so, so yeah, so it's, it's, um, it's not just about recovery and health and all that stuff too, but, but it is, it, it really is those things. And let's talk about from the physical perspective. Um, okay, wait, before you skip, before you skip ahead, um, I just want to say that like that, basically what we're saying is that if you can't take vacation from your business without falling behind, then that's effectively like a litmus test or a red flag that you're not scaling properly, right? That like you need to be able to create systems <laughs> and processes in place so that people at the very least can, you can go on vacation and then eventually somebody can take over your job right? So that you can go and do other things, grow other businesses, start other things, retire, whatever you want to do. But it's kind of that first thing. Like if you, um, you know, if, if your work is so you centric, like self-centric that you can't step away without your work falling apart. Um, and you know, having said that out loud, there's a lot of personal trainers out there that get paid by the hour per class or per PT. And when they're on vacation, they're not making any money. And that's a shitty system. Right? Like, and if, if that's your reality, then you're working for a, a crappy job, right? Because. Well, and, and I was going to say, even in kind of the freelance, the freelance uh, um, mentality, if you're like a sole business, you know, if you're a gym owner and you're, you're, there's just you and a few part-time coaches or whatever, there's not very many of you, you know, you should close the business down, um, you know, a week in the summer and a week, you know, a week in the Christmas time or whatever, so that you can have the break also. And most, most people are fine with that, you know, like, okay, the gym's not going to be open for this week. So just go, I, I know, I know there's gyms, um, that actually do, they close down for weeks at a time, multiple times throughout the year. And that's just part of, that's just the gym culture, you know, and, and, uh, and it's the same thing with a personal trainer or anybody who's working kind of that freelance hourly type of thing, but your lifestyle needs to be able to afford that. So you need to be able to say, okay, I can, I can take four or six weeks off unpaid, right. And, and enjoy myself and, and have, afford to go on the trip, but also still, you know, at the end of the year, still have some money put away. Right. And, and, um, and so that's, that's the, that's what you have to be aware of. So if you're, if you're a personal trainer or a coach or whatever, and, and you're only getting paid by the hour, you, you need to be getting, getting paid enough to be able to take time off and it not drastically impact your lifestyle and your income. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So you're going to say the, the physical side of it, like for taking breaks from training, is that what you're going to get to ask? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's the same thing you guys with, with, with training. I know that when we first, when I first started doing like CrossFit type stuff, um, it, they were very open and said like, you should take a week off every six or eight weeks. Like if you're consistently following the three on one off protocol that they posted on CrossFit.com, um, uh, it was, it was just sort of expected that if you were super consistent, like you should take a week of lower intensity, um, or just not not doing any CrossFit stuff. Um, now, in most people's lives, they end up having these interruptions, right, where they just get busy with work, or they go away, or travel, or whatever. So they're not necessarily, tr you know, training three days in a row, one day off, or you know, training five days a week um, consistently, you know, for months on end. But if you if you do find yourself where you're, you know, you've you've set up your schedule and your routines around that, and you are coming to the gym, you know, consistently four or five days a week, you know, you you're going to need to take some some 
some week, a week every, every six or eight weeks where you, where you decompress a little bit. Now with the Thrive Machine programming, I actually do kind of program that in a little bit. But one thing I always have to point out to people is that I have to put enough, enough uh, training stimulus into each day so that if somebody was only coming three times per week, they're going to get enough stimulus to, to get better, right, to improve. So, you know, it's the, the, the cocktail has to be potent enough for somebody who's coming three times per week, but also not also be too much that somebody was coming five or six days a week, um, not totally overwhelming. But I'll tell you what, if you try, like I said, if you come five, if you're hitting it hard, you know, uh, uh, five days a week or more, um, and, you, and, you know, it, you have to build up to that over time. And even then, like, you should take some, one of those days should be like an easier day. And that's why we have three contexts in, in Thrivestry of practice context, competition context, and mental toughness. And the practice context is 60% of the time. And, and, uh, and there's a lot of times when I write in there, like, don't go hard today. Today is just, you know, just, just, uh, we're just, we're just checking it off the list. We're punching the clock. It's not about totally beating ourselves down. You know, if, if you haven't been in the gym for a couple days and you know, you're going to be gone for a couple days, then yeah, you could, you could step it up today. But if you're somebody who, who, uh, um, has been coming, has, this will be your third day in a row or fourth day in a row, you should, you should lay off, you know? So you always got to pay attention to that, to that balance. And, and so, you know, we don't actually build muscle and things in the gym. We don't burn fat in the gym that happens. That's, that's a, a res, that happens outside of the gym as a result of our workouts. During a rest period. Yes. During rest, right. You know, we, when we're recovering from our workouts, the, 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 the exercise that we do in the, in the gym is, is the, is the signal or the stimulus to change, to change that, right. To, to cause that change in our body. There's somebody outside with a leaf blower right now. I don't know if you guys can hear that. <laughs> it's like, is someone vacuuming in your house? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, um, yeah, the, the, the leaf blowers, there's people that are trying to, they're trying to get people to like sign ordinances to make them not use gas powered leaf blowers anymore because of the noise noise complaints it's pretty funny but but uh, uh everybody wants want doesn't want to be bothered but but yeah and so um now if you're if you're not if you're only training three times per week and you have every once in a while you miss a day you could you could do that you probably wouldn't need to have a you know a, a four or five day downtime um because you're because you're already getting enough rest right with built into that but, but having um, said that what i do <laughs> and like i like if you're, what I do is I basically marry my work vacation schedule with my workout schedule, right? So like I know right now we've got eight weeks before the summit, you know, so we kind of, I kind of had like a 10 week period for my last business trip to California and then our next business trip out to Miami, um, which means that my workout, like that time period is going to be 10 weeks and then I'm going to stop and I'm going to take that as like a deload period when I'm away because in my mind, I fucking hate working out when I'm on vacation. And I get it that like some people like doing that, but I have three kids and most of the time they're with me and I'm not going to like dump them in a daycare for me to go work out. Like the whole time, the whole point is for us to spend time together. Mm -hmm. right? So, and I'm not saying we don't have active like time, right? Like you were away, you went on a bunch of hikes and shit like that. Right? Yeah. I hiked the Grand Canyon and you know, yeah. a couple, a couple of five mile hikes, you know, and, and, um, I did, I did uh, go on one run. And then I also went to the hotel gym, um, which always, for me, you know, if, if I have the time or I, or I feel motivated, I like to just go see, see the different gyms. And I did take a picture. I'll probably share it on Instagram. It's like, you see, I saw these shoe marks on the wall, you know, 
And it was like, I felt, I felt like a, I felt like a, uh, you know, like an, you know, uh, you know, a tracker, you know, like, Crikey, yeah, we can see the tracks from the CrossFit has been left on the wall. But clearly (laughs) someone was doing handstand pushups. And I'm like, the only people who do handstand pushups at a gym with their shoes on is, is CrossFitters, right? Like, I remember getting in trouble for that at a, on a cruise ship once. Um, but, but, uh, but it was just funny because it was like, oh, a crossfitter has been here. We marked, marked this territory like a bear. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, and, and, and but when you, if you are going to work out on vacation, it, it, you know, it, does, it shouldn't be like the same. I mean, some people like to do that where they go and visit other CrossFits and all that stuff. And that's great because that's part of the experience. But um, a lot of times it's just do something. You know, like I just did some basic dumbbell stuff. It wasn't even like a real Metcon or anything like that. And, and I felt good. I felt, and it was a, a, all in from like leaving the hotel room to the gym and back. I think one day was 40 minutes and the next time was like 30 minutes. Like it was like literally I just went down, just busted some stuff out and then, and then got out and took a shower, you know? Mm-hmm. What I like to do instead of doing like a gym workout is find what the local like physical challenge is, right? Like when you go to Vancouver, you could do the grouse grind, which is basically you climb a majillion stairs up a mountain and you time yourself and then that's it right like so that's what all the locals do and that like that to me is is super cool when it's like two, were, it's like two thousand feet or something like that elevation right so I'm, yeah it's like a, it's like an actual mountain it's not like it's a hill yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i don't know how high it is you'd have to ask someone who lives out there but like we were just doing this work trip in california and we did just as much surfing as we did working Right. So am I going to go and do like a workout on top of that? No, because I was toast from surfing all day. Right. So um, so that's what I like to do is kind of find like what is what do the locals do to challenge themselves physically? Um, And I find that a lot more fun than doing a gym workout. Now, it's different if you're a CrossFitter and you're dropping in at other CrossFit gyms because that is so fun doing that right like you get the t-shirt you meet the community you find like you know the same people that you follow and it's like that's a super fun activity and that's just as cool as like doing what the locals do right because that is yeah yeah and and but in general too not not even when you're traveling you know I do think it's important like I said that you know every six or eight weeks you know you maybe you find something or, or at least at least a few times per year you know you go and you use your fitness for something other than just training in the gym right and that's part of having sustainable uh, um, training life, you know, because if you're, all you're doing is just to stay fit in the gym, um, you will get burned out and you will get bored. Right. So if it could be go with your friend to the orange theory class or do a spin class somewhere, or do yoga or, or again, I like the outdoor, more outdoor type activities or, but sign up for the, you know, the softball, the local softball thing, or, you know, some other, some other, uh, fun activity, um, beyond just the gym. Cause you got to remember like, why am I doing this? And it's like, Oh, so I can go, do everything else. I've, I've been meaning to write an article about kind of the training that we do with Thrivestry, and, and it's basically the, the same thing as a, um, you know, um, it's a multi-tool, right? You know, so everyone knows, everyone knows uh, about multi-tools, and I have, I actually have two in my backpack, unless I'm flying, <laughs> and then, oh, actually I actually have three, because I have a, I have a, I have a one that I can fly with, um, so I love multi-tools. Uh, and, and I'm kind of a multi-tool connoisseur, but, 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 but what, what I realized, you know, the multi-tool is not a good tool, you know, like it does, it can, it, it's, the idea is, is that it does lots of things and you have it with you right at all times. Cause it's small enough. You can carry it. Um, yeah, it's true that like you can have this giant tool bag with all your tools and you can do all this work, but you're not going to carry that with you everywhere. And I think some people train 
like, or, or they specialize in, in a specific type of training. And it's like, yeah, you know, you might be doing a lot of, of endurance work or bodybuilding work, but that's not going to allow that. That's not the, the right tool for all the life, all the stuff that life has to offer. You know, if you want to just go surfing or, or, you know, go hike the, the Grand Canyon, like you're not as prepared because you don't, you, you know, you don't, you have a very specialized uh, tool set. You know, I was trying to think about um, uh, how to make this analogy better for everybody. And then I was kind of thinking about like, again, we, we had to pack for our trip and, you know, for, for women, the black dress is like, can be, you know, you can, if you have the right black dress, you have the right dress, you could wear it, you know, just to go walk around downtown or you could wear it, you know, wear it out, on, out to the, you know, on a nice evening, you know, it's very multi, it's very multi-purpose versus trying to pack a huge suitcase with all these different potential outfits that you may or may not need, especially if you don't know exactly what you're going to be doing, you know? So, so, so that the, I, I believe that, that, um, general physical preparedness is what GPP stands for really is, is like, you want to be in kind of in the center where you can do all these other fun things when the opportunities arise, um, versus again, kind of specializing in one area, but it's okay to specialize in one area, um, occasionally, or, or if that's, if that's something you really enjoy. But I think for most people, just sticking with a, something much more generalized is going to help them have a better life. So, so like work is to vacation as CrossFit is to being active in life. I think so. Work. Is yes. to, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like you don't work to work. You work so that you can live the life that you want. You can take the vacations and the exactly. breaks. Exactly. Yeah. Life, yeah. Right. Like, and so you do functional fitness. Um, so that your GPP will be, allow you to do whatever you want, like, like athletically, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the, exactly. So the, the real reason why you should be training, the real benefit isn't to be better at working out. You yeah. Know, it's, it's right. The, if you, if you don't recognize that, then you're, like I said, eventually you will get bored or tired of it and then you'll move on to something else. And, 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 uh, and I've seen that happen and then I, and then I've had those people come back and say, yeah, I was never as happy or as fit as when I was here and I couldn't do all the fun things that I like to do um, when I was just doing orange theory or spin or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we now know that exercise is more important than money. So, and that's, and that's our next, uh, um, and I was just about to transition to that. Segway. Segway. Yeah. So, so here's, here's the article for you guys watching the video. Um, and so this was Oxford research and man, they got a really skinny woman for this picture. <laughs> It's just, she's leaning over. I was looking at that too. Like at first you see it, first of all, her arm is covering like half of her, right? Yeah. So you don't really know. And like everyone looks like that when they lean over, right? You know? Uh, wow, my stomach hangs down. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's, uh, but the, it's a great photo because she's smiling and you can tell it's like a genuine, genuine laughing type smile. And so, you know, the summary they have here is, you know, they say, they say exercise is more important to your mental health than at your economic status. Um, scientists found, this is what confused me. It says the scientists found that while people who exercise regularly tend to feel bad for 35 days a year, um, non-active participants felt bad for, for 18 days. Oh, 18 more. days more. Okay. 35 yeah. plus 18. I don't know why they phrased it like that. Like it's, it's a silly sentence. But yeah, then, when I first read that, I was like, well, if the non-people are only 18 days, because it sounded like 18, I thought it said 18 days or more, but yeah, 18 so days. This article was translated from Dutch. Yes, it was, exactly, it was in the, a little backwards, right? the yeah. Deutschland uh, um, a Business Insider. Um, 
And then, but this was also a really interesting point, and this is actually one of the secrets to these CrossFit gyms, is the team also found that certain sports that involve socializing can have a more positive effect on your mental health than others. So, so one of the key ingredients in most gyms is there's lots of social interaction, right? And so, you know, going, you know, even if you have all the knowledge and experience and you're following a good program to train, train by yourself, you're not going to get that benefit of some social interaction, you know, and, you know, the, the, the stereotypical gym where you go to, everyone has their headphones on, right? So they, it's like, don't talk to me, you know, and there's like no eye contact and it's just sort of like everyone's trying to avoid each other. You know, it's, it's like the, the, the treadmill rules are like the urinal rules. Uh, and, and that, you know, for, for those of you who don't know, when you go into a men's room and there's a whole wall full of urinals, you know, you never go to the next, you, you don't go stand next to the guy who's using one urinal and stand next to him, right next to him. That really freaks people out. You're supposed to go to the, like as far, to the, <laughs> as far away as possible. And when you see the treadmills lined up, that's, you, you always want to have like a one or two treadmill buffer, right? Like. <laughs> If someone's in that treadmill, you don't go to the next to them. You go like three treadmills down, so you're not right next to them, and then then until it gets full, right? <laughs> and then then they're all being used. But um, but yeah, it's because people are avo they're avoiding it, and so they're not getting the benefits of that um, of the the social stuff. But um, but it, I did look at the study in depth, and here's I did find it online, or at least this this is a summary posted in the Lancet. Um, and I guess the study was it was over a million, 1.2 million people. Um, uh, 18 years or older, and they, they had uh, multiple years that they kind of looked at. And what they did is they compared people of specific uh, economic status, you know, BMIs, um, you know, uh, age, race, gender, marital status, all those things. So they could group them. And then they basically said, okay, how many times on average did you work out in the last month? And how many bad days did you have? And how many good days? So again, kind of part of the theme of this podcast is us to kind of point out some of the flaws or some of the kind of key points. And self-reporting is always going to have, you always have to take anything self-reported with a little bit of grain of salt, right? Um, because actually, you know what, sorry, I'm going to totally interrupt you because I don't want you to say the wrong thing, but self-reporting when it comes to your mental health has actually been proven to be the most correct way. No, that, I, I was, yeah, I was, I was actually going to go there. Yeah. And I was going to say uh -huh. self-reporting with like food or, or things like that. And even, even exercise could be a little bit off, but when you're self-reporting how, how many bad days you had or how well you felt, especially if you were using it, like, you know, doing it like 30 days and you had to like fill out a journal or something. So you're doing it in the moment. Um, those are, those are, it's completely subjective anyway, right? Did you have a good day or a bad day? It's up to you. It's up to you. Self-reporting is the only way to do it. And so that one makes, that's when it does make the most amount of sense. Um, but yeah, and so they had, um, they basically said that uh, uh, individuals who exercised had, had, you know, fewer poor mental health in the past month than uh, days of poor mental health in the last month compared to people who did not exercise, but that were matched, uh, um, matched comparatively. And I don't think this is a big surprise to, to most people. It's funny how, you know, like this gets shared around. Everyone's like, ah, you should work out more. And it's like, everyone knows that, <laughs> that you should work out more. <laughs> uh, I have, so here's my first kind of critical thinking piece on this. Like I, um, I question the causation right? Like it's a chicken or egg thing. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like, okay, so the people that work out are happier, but are people that are not happy that contributes to your ability to like leave the house and do stuff like exercise, even if it's a walk, like, like something so simple, you know, you hear that, like, well, just start simple. Like just go for a walk and you'll feel better. Just take a shower. You'll feel better. But when you're, when you're feeling mentally unwell, 
you can't do that shit. Like you're, you're lying in bed. You're not going fucking anywhere. You know what I mean? It's like, um, like I work in the fitness industry. At one point I owned a gym. I also have three kids and I went through like some really tough years. And I can tell you that like, it is rare. And, and this is now that I'm like recovered. But when I was mentally unwell, as they put it in here, I wasn't working out and it's not like I didn't have time for it. It's not like I didn't know better. It's not like I didn't, you know, know that all I had to do was like get up and go for a walk and I'd feel better. It's that you just can't do it. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was really difficult for me to read through this and not question, is it that you're the exercise makes you happier or is it that happier people exercise more? You know, like that was, that was really, that was really tough to kind of put together. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's a really, that's a really good observation that, that we should always be thinking cause causation versus causality, right. You know, or correlation versus causation, right? So these two things could be correlated, happier people or people who are in a better place in their lives um, tend to exercise more, you know, or, or, you know, or people who, who are, you know, feeling, you know, stressed or burned out because they haven't taken any vacations like we talked about <laughs> don't work out because, because they are struggling with other things in their lives. And, and so that is a really, that is a really good point for this article, um, for this, for this study. Um, uh, the other thing too, is they, they did say that, that, uh, um, that the social aspect was really important. And I think that if you're not feeling, you know, yourself and you're feeling off, then it's going to be even harder to go into those, into those social environments. And I think, you know, one of the things that I think a lot of CrossFit gyms who struggle with is because it is such a social environment. I think a lot of people are, there's a lot of shame and embarrassment around how bad their fitness is. And they don't want, they don't want to go around strangers and have to be, you know, put, put on a spotlight, even, even though that's not really what's happening at these gyms at all. For you guys who are listening, you probably belong to a CrossFit gym and that's definitely like, they're not like calling new people out for how bad their squat is or how out of shape they are. You know, it's really more about just like, Hey, it's awesome that you're here and you showed up and you tried, you put in work. That's all. That's the win. Right. And, and, uh, but people who haven't stepped foot into that environment yet are, are afraid to go out and do it. And so that may prevent them from exercising as well, because they don't want to be, you know, exposed, um, like I said, because of the shame associated with that. Um, they did, they did say that, uh, more exercise was not always better. So I think the, the, they were saying that, uh, I can't remember what the exact day, how many days per week, but it was basically three to five days. Yeah. yeah. But, then, but then it said, so it said basically three to five days a week was ideal. Um, it suggested that there's a U shape on the return, like your ROI for how much exercise versus happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the interesting thing that they said was like, once you hit more than three hours a day, then it contributes to this like, feeling of unwellness. Now, the only people that I know that work out more than three hours a day are people that are professional athletes. And obviously, like, like at that point, if you're an elite level athlete, there's a ton of, of mental issues and like stressors that come along with that, right? Like there's the performance anxiety, there's, there's the pressure to, to do your best. There's, you know, it's also those type of people like type A got to win like that competition mentality that are drawn to being elite athletes. Um, yeah. So whatever level they're, you know, um, they're comfortable with training, they're going to go beyond that 
as much as they can because they're trying to get ahead, right? They're trying to, right. to win, right? So, so even if they're comfortable working, th working out three hours a day or more, they're going to work out four because that's the whole point, right? <laughs> like they're trying to get, do as much as they can and so that they can try to, try to, to win. And so I think that that's why there's probably a, a, a diminishing returns um, because of that, because it becomes a job. It's your, it's your job. And it's not as fun when you have to do it versus you get to, you know? Um, cool. So again, if you guys are listening to this, you probably do exercise <laughs> at least sometimes. But, um, but, but uh, think more about your rests as well, right? So think about, again, taking breaks, um, either doing another activity um, other than the gym or like so when you're on vacation, trying new, trying new fun things, uh, uh, using your fitness for other, for other stuff. And like I said, the, the whole point of, of going away is, is so that you, you get to recharge and rest. And so try to, you know, start with trying to get one day off a week and then try to get those, those long weekends and then you know, a year in advance, a year and a half in advance, schedule that, that long vacation and then set reminders for yourself to actually like continue to plan for it, even thinking about it. Cause they've even shown that actually the planning and, and the, um, the thinking about the vacation is part of the benefit, right? Yeah. Dreaming, <laughs> dreaming about it and how great it's going to be looking forward to it is part of the pleasure. And if you don't do that, it's not, the overall rating isn't as good. Um, no, the thing is, if you don't, if you don't plan it, if you don't plan to take time off and you don't plan to do these fun things in your life, your life will pass you by. And that like that at the bottom line, like I plan everything. I'm always looking forward to the next adventure. I'm always like my nickname in the work, it, like in my job is the aggressive organizer because I'm super organized, but it's a FOMO thing, right? Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, if you don't plan it and you don't make time for it, you'll never fucking do it. And then you'll be 50 and you will have never gone surfing in your entire life. And that's, <laughs> and that's, and that, and that's that happens. And it's really bad in our culture right now, especially, especially in, in the U S and Canada, that it's, it's all about the hustle and the work hard and who, who worked however many days in a row. And, you know, and then there's like, Oh, like the, there you're all, I've definitely worked with people that gave me grief about going on trips all the time. Oh, you're, Oh, you're going away again. You're going on another trip. And a lot of those were work trips, <laughs> but, uh, but, and they never like went anywhere. And, and it was just like, Hey, that's your life. And if you know, like I, you know, some people that's, that works for them. They don't like the uncertainty and the going away and Oh, that's fine. But don't, don't give me grief because I like to go on these awesome adventures, you know? Um, uh, and you know, like, like not, not to brag, but, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, in, in a twelve month in a, yeah in a twelve month period, uh, I went to Dominican Republic, uh, Jamaica, a cruise to uh, Alaska, and then also to um, uh, the Bahamas, and all within like a 13, 12, 13 month period. Um, I will say that that I would have rather stacked. Those are all one like basically one week vacations, and I did work a little bit on the cruise ship, but but uh, the if I could have stacked two weeks together, I think it would have been more fulfilling. I think it would have been more uh, a better uh, time for me to enjoy myself, you know, and, and really relax. Cause it will take you days to decompress um, when, when you're really spun up and, and then you had to accelerate before you left. Um, it's going to take you a few days to decompress. So if you can always try to try to stack more, more than more than six or seven days in a row and try to get it out to that two week, that two week mark. And then, yeah. and then, there's a book, Clockwork. Um, it's by the guy who wrote Profit First. Uh, Mackowitz so or whatever? Michalowicz, Mike Michalowicz. So he wrote Profit First, which is an accounting 
um, it's a it's a cash flow management system for entrepreneurs, small and medium sized businesses. Um, and he basically took the same concept and applied it to time management. Um, and he recommends taking a four week vacation once a year for an entrepreneur. So two one week vacations and one four week vacation, because otherwise you just don't get to that that true decompression recovery where you're actually like able to recover. It's like it's like they say if you're not sleeping eight hours at night you're not actually recovering right mm -hmm. you're just right so you got to get that four weeks i i personally think four weeks is a bit excessive like i don't know what i would do with myself for four weeks <laughs> I you mean, might I, actually start working out while on your vacation <laughs> <laughs> i would and then i just feel like work again and then i just want to go back to work i would read probably about a million books um yeah like, well and, I, and that's one thing that, that I, I didn't mention is is the if you go on a vacation for a week or two weeks and you, you come back to your work and you're not excited and you're not happy to and looking forward to getting back into it, then the, maybe the vacation wasn't long enough or maybe you stacked it with too much stuff and you were just running around the whole time or um, maybe that's not the right job, yeah. right? You yeah. know, and, and uh, you won't know that until you step back out of the forest a little bit and, and really analyze, okay, you know, is this, is there something I can be excited about? And you just need that perspective. And I think that those, those breaks and those vacations really do help provide that perspective. Every Monday morning, right? If you hate Mondays, you're probably either not having good enough weekends, like you don't know how to weekend properly, you know, <laughs> or <laughs> I weekend really well, um, or you just hate your job, right? So Monday yeah. morning, you fucking hate yourself. And there's a reason why, like, that's not normal. You shouldn't do that. You should be happy and look forward to your purpose, right? Exactly. All right, we'll end it here, guys. Thanks again, Gigi. Thanks again for everyone else for tuning in and uh, keep uh, commenting, sharing. If you, have any, if you have any stuff you want us to go over, any, any research you want us to take apart, um, definitely send it my way, jj at thrivestry.com. Um, you know, Thrivestry official on Instagram. You can hit me up there as well. And uh, I'll see you guys in the next video or podcast. Bye.